Welcome to Why Aren't We All? I'm Aislinn Addington, and this is the podcast where I have short conversations with people who have a belief, practice, or lifestyle that they feel makes their world a better place and has the potential to make the world a better place for the rest of us, too. Why Aren't We All is hosted by the Cage Club Podcast Network. Stop by cageclub.me to browse their wonderful catalog of shows. They have some good ones, and I'm not just saying that because I'm on one of them. On today's show, I am exploring why aren't we all drinking beer with guest, the amazing and fantastic Sean Flynn. Hi, Sean. Hi. Sean, can you tell us a little bit about yourself as it relates to why did we decide to do an episode about drinking beer? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I work as a pilot brewer for Miller Coors, and uh, I spend a whole lot of time drinking beer and talking about beer with people and brewing beer and testing beers and testing things related to beer and just doing general beer stuff in my day-to-day life. Your life is pretty beer-forward. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely my wheelhouse right now. I really don't have... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm not really branching out right now. <laughs> kind of, kind of focused on that one. Well, that that's important though, as you're building your your beer career, your beer empire. That's right. I'm building my brand. It's all yes. about finding a brand and uh, putting it forward, right? Absolutely. Let's just talk a little bit more. We we thought about why isn't everyone making beer? I also think why isn't everyone a craftsperson in some way would be good. And we settled on on beer drinking. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, uh, I would like to preface all of this with I am not endorsing binge drinking. I'm not endorsing drinking every day or substantial day drinking or drinking on the job and definitely not drinking while driving or drinking prior to driving. So yes, if you are a person who does not drink and don't want to listen any further, that's okay. We won't be mad at you. I think our conversation is more about the art of beer than a, you know, dude bro consumption of it. But if that is uncomfortable, please feel free to go back and just re-listen to a different episode or head over to cageclub.me and listen to an episode there, and then we'll catch you next month. We just wanted to make sure that folks are, like always, taking care of themselves, practicing good self-care, and you know, making choices that are best for them. Agreed. Yep. So with all that out of the way. Yes. Tell us more about your relationship with beer. Okay. I love beer. I started working at Miller Coors about eight years ago. And from the second I walked into the Coors Brewery, I was just in awe. I, uh, I went in there for a microbiology position and I expected them, them to have this tiny lab, like a little cubby hole that they would shove me in and I'd like pour beer onto things and see what happened. And But I walked into this building and I walked into the lab and it was three times bigger than I expected they had all of these advanced instruments. They had a PCR. They had a, a ton of chemical uh, analysis things. They had rows upon rows of incubators. They had so much microbiology going on. And I was walking around the building and there's just so much history to it and so much, so many people involved in, in making it. And I just fell in love with the building and then eventually fell in love with the industry and uh and now here i am and i get to talk about it and 
live it every single day. And I'm very, very grateful to be able to do that because there's, there's just so much that goes into beer. It really requires a multidisciplinary approach and you, you need to have microbiology and chemistry and physics, so much physics, way more physics than I ever thought existed. Botany, mechanical engineering, sometimes chemical engineering. And that's all before you even get to the artistic points of beer, which are multitudinous. That's really fantastic. I have had the opportunity to take a tour at Miller Coors, uh, thanks to you, Sean. And I wasn't not on the inside, but I could look into the window of the lab you're talking about. And um, I love that it was it's really the the nerd in you that was excited to be there, not necessarily the beer pong player. You know right. what I mean? Of, of which I am both. I'm amazing <laughs> beer pong player. And <laughs> I'm going to be honest, beer was a big reason that it took me as long as it did to get out of college. Sorry, mom. And uh, and, yet, and yet, it is because of your microbiology that you were able to, you know, get onto the, jump into the double dutch of the industry. That's right. Who knew that those Wednesday afternoon beer pong sessions when I should have been in class were preparing me for this amazing job? It's, you know, it's all a journey and sometimes right. it's a little serpentine. Yeah. So that's your kind of entree into the you know, science side of things. And I'm happy to talk about that more, but I would just like to hear a a little bit of the beer pong side in terms of when did you start drinking beer and kind of what were your early associations with beer? (laughs) Ooh, that is a great question. Um, Also an embarrassing one, which I feel like is kind of our milieu for me being on the show. So, or being mentioned. (laughs) So that's great. No, uh, I started drinking, I believe it was a product called Tequiza, and I don't know if they make it anymore. That sounds disgusting. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember, but it was this sickly sweet beer thing, kind of beer, Mm -hmm. and that was the only thing I would drink when I got into college parties, and I would have my red Solo cup, and I would take a couple sips, and I'd go, Nope, still hate this. And then I would set it down and go someplace else. It really wasn't until I started playing beer games mm-hmm. that I started to enjoy beer because then it was part of a game. And anytime somebody suggests a game or wants me to play a game or has mentioned a game at any point in time, my ears kind of prick up and I'm in. And so if you make a game out of something for me, I will do it. Yeah, that was where beer drinking started, but then it kind of evolved from that point. Is there a moment or a, a period of time or a series of events where you sort of shifted from being a fan of drinking beer to someone who is invested in the process? It probably started when I got hired on at Coors. Okay. Uh, my microbiology degree was supposed to go towards public health. Unfortunately, there are not a whole lot of public health jobs out there when I was looking, and Mm. I needed a job. Coors was hiring, and like I said, I fell in love, but there was a point in time when I was trying to understand why I was doing something for my job, and somebody sent me this academic article, which, first of all, I didn't know there was academics for beer, (laughs) and it was, and, and there are. I realized that it wasn't a chore to read it like it was to read epidemiological data and and statistics about 
outbreaks or water sources and, and things like that. It was really enjoyable because I was applying it to my current job and I could see all of these possibilities for how to use the information that I was going through. And I realized it was something I enjoyed reading. And then I decided, you know what? I was going to go into public health, but this is way, way more fun. So I'm going <laughs> to do this now. And uh, I haven't looked back. And it's it's served me really, really well so far. It sounds like not only is it helpful to you, but it sounds like you you are helpful to the process. I like to think so. So I know we're switching back and forth a little bit between drinking and making, but it is right. very connected for you. Um, and we are, as always, just speaking from our own experiences here. So fast forwarding to now the point where you um, know a lot about beer and can be more discerning in your choices about consumption. Why does a good beer make your day better? I think there's a couple reasons. A lot of times, if I'm having a beer, it's usually when I'm out with people and we're we're sharing in that beer and we're having each other try each other's beers and we're looking for the best beer at whatever brewery or bar we're at or comparing notes on beers because I hang out with a bunch of beer geeks too. So there's that camaraderie right there and, and I love that. And there's just something great about a perfectly crafted beer and it helps knowing how much goes into making that beer and having that all coalesce into into a pint that uh that i'm drinking someplace and it depends on where i'm at and what i'm doing too because there's nothing better for me than getting done mowing the lawn and uh go, walking inside opening up a light beer and sitting out on the patio it's very relaxing and they taste good sure so you um mentioned uh, being out with other beer nerds and, you know, trying to appreciating the the work, the craft that goes behind it. Are there things that you wish people knew about the beer process when they were just out casually drinking if they don't have a beer nerd next to them? Are there things that you wish everyone knew? Yes, absolutely. First and foremost, there is a beer for everything. There's a beer for every occasion. There's a beer for every food pairing. There's so, so much variety in beer. There's close to 120 different beer styles, and there's so many different flavors in beer. There's toasty, bready, earthy, sour, sweet, dry, caramel, chocolate, nutty, fruity, spicy, herbal, floral, piney, resiny. Some of those do not sound enticing when I... I was going to say, some of that you're just describing yourself. Yes, yes, yes. Piney and resiny. Yep. Um, <laughs> That's with nutty, but... <laughs> <laughs> At least it's not bitter. There's all of these different flavors, and that's even before people start adding fruits in or pumpkin or peanut butter or anything else that they can think of. There's so, so much variety in craft brewing right now and so, so much in the beer industry in general where everybody's looking for the new thing and trying to find new ways to present styles and new things that they can do with styles. So there's literally a beer for absolutely anything you can think of. It seems like wine gets a lot of credit for being versatile and pairing with food. And do do you feel like wine gets more credit than beer? Or I is that do. something I'm just putting on it? Uh, you're not. And there, everybody does hear about wine tastings or wine and cheese pairings and things like that. There's not as much of a presence for beer tasting or beer pairings. I've been lucky to be uh, able to put together some menus with some restaurants and give a few talks about beer pairing 
And <gasps> wow, that sounds fancy. You. Yeah, this is this is my job now. I get to talk about beer. They pay me for that too. I don't know why. Um, That's amazing. Well, because as you're explaining, it is there is a science and an art to it, and so that's why they're paying you for it. That's true. Yeah, it's going to sound like Randy Mosher is talking straight out of my mouth, but most sommeliers, if you talk to them, they will usually admit that there is a a few gaps with wine when it comes to pairing with food. Asparagus is always one. I would say barbecue is another one. Hmm. And there's a lot of things that you can pair a beer easily with or that people don't know that you can pair a beer easily with that they just automatically think wine. But there's a huge selection of pairings that I really like more in beer. I'm a little biased than I do in wine. Like off the top of my head, chocolate stout and a cherry cheesecake is a Mm. great blending. A Hefeweizen and most salads goes great together. Barbecue and an Irish red or a dry Irish stout. There's a lot of compliments that you can get from beer that you can't find in wine because they don't explore some of the flavors that beers will. Interesting. So kind of what you're saying is there's a beer for that. Yes, there's always a beer for that. Tell me again what you said. What does the red go with? Because red is the color of beer that I like. Red's going to go well with a lot of baked goods. Excellent. I like baked goods too. <laughs> yes. Who doesn't? It's going to go well with a lot of baked goods. Some fried foods go really well with a nice red fried chicken. goes great. That's great. How do you recommend people find the beer they like? I, for example, do go by the color of the beer. I know that if it's very, very dark brown, it's going to be too heavy for me. And I... I have a suspicion that if it's a very light color, it's going to be too hoppy for me. And so I like a beer that is red. Those are good general notes. Yes. And mostly And true. no. <laughs> yes. Yes. And no. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry. Sorry. So uh, so that was the Iceland method. What's the Sean method for finding a beer that you like? First of all, make sure you're at some place that has a good variety, especially if you don't like beer and aren't sure what you're looking for. Go to a brewery that has a good selection, or better yet, go to a beer fest that has all the selection. They're a lot of fun. I love going to breweries. They all have, the good ones have their own unique characters, and there's a bunch of different styles of breweries. Some of them are really focused on making excellent beers. Some of them are really focused on making experimental or novelty or big flavor beers or really out there beers. But much as there's a beer for that, there's a brewery (laughs) for that too. Okay. Um, But start with tasters. Most breweries will let you just taste their beer. Sometimes they'll make you pay for tasters, but most of the time, if you just tell the bartender, hey, can I just get a taste of that? Or can I try whatever beer you want to try? They'll just give you a little ounce or two. Okay. So so don't be afraid to ask to try something. Exactly. Don't be afraid to... Step number one. Exactly. Yep. And then I'm going to sound like the most pretentious person ever here, but... There is a proper way to taste beer. and Oh, my. Uh, I know. Yeah, this is the worst. Okay, I'm going to do it anyway. Okay, good. So, I was going to say, yeah, now that you've said it, you have to tell us what Yeah, it no, is. I have to keep going now, right? It's better. It's easier to do this with a half full cup. Uh, don't try to do this with a full pint. So if you need to drink some of it and then do this, go on ahead and do that. Cover the top of the glass and swirl it around a couple times. Don't shake it. Swirl it around. 
like a okay. like a wine glass. Okay, excellent. Yeah. And then really, really shove your nose in there. Don't be afraid of it. Take one okay. long sniff and then a couple of short ones, and that's how you're going to get the most out of the aroma because the aroma on beer is so, so nuanced, and I feel like a lot of people miss out on it. There are so, so many scents from beer, a lot of them coming from the yeast, but there's also a ton coming from hops and some from malt also, depending on how it was made. Take a good long sniff there and then a couple short ones, and then when you're drinking it, if you don't like it, figure out what you don't like about it. If it's bitter or if it has a strange herbal note that you don't like, or if it tastes too sour or too sweet, keep that in mind because that's that's what's going to decide what kind of styles you're into. If you want something that is a little bit sweeter and not as bitter, then yes, go with reds, go with browns are great for Mm -hmm. sweet beers that aren't going to have too much hop note. Yeah, so once you get into the really dark beers, the stouts and the porters, you're going to pick up a little bit more bitterness from the malt sometimes. So if you're looking for something sweet, stick in that middle range. Alt beers are great. They are one of my favorite styles. Say that again, what kind? An alt beer. What does that mean? It's just uh, it's a German style. Um, the other things to look for, if you like the toasty, bready notes or the, the malt flavors is what that is. Uh, there's a lot of lighter beers that have really good malty notes. It's not just the dark ones or the uh, medium ones, the uh, ambers. You can get some really good malt flavor out of a Vienna lager or a Mexican lager or some of the Pilsners if they're doing mm. it correctly. Um, and if you're just looking for aroma and you really, really want to be blasted away, go for an IPA. There are IPAs for everything now. There are like 70 different kinds of IPA. That's not true. I feel like they're taking over. They are. And it's because they are, it's partially because it's really easy to hide mistakes in an IPA and partially because, oh yeah, I know this is the, uh, no, I like it. The conspiracy of it all. (laughs) This is the, uh, beer snob in me coming out. Yes. This is the shit talking. Yep. Yep. yep, With Sean Flynn. Yeah. And I mean, that's not always true. There are a lot of breweries that do a great job with their IPAs, and it's not just because they are trying to hide some. <laughs> <laughs> but there are some out there. Another good note is if you really want to see if a brewery knows what it's doing, go into a brewery, order the lightest thing they have, the lightest thing in color, and you can just ask them, like, what's the lightest thing in color that you have? And then let it warm up for a couple minutes or 10 minutes. And then if you bring it up to your nose and it starts smelling like butterscotch or butter in general, like movie popcorn butter, then they have a little work to do. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I I like it. So what what does that mean? That means that their fermentation wasn't long enough that they Mm, extend their fermentation. So if you get popcorn, it's not done. Yes. Usually. On a lot of the uh, darker beers, there is sometimes where you want that in there, and so mm-hmm. then they're look they're trying to get that in there, so they're cutting off the fermentation earlier. But on the light beers, you almost never want to have that diacetyl is what it's called that buttery note in it, buttery oily note, and that's how you tell if you really want to impress somebody. Be like, oh yeah, I have a feel yep, these guys could really work in their fermentation. 
and then <gasps> your friends will probably ostracize you for being such a snob. That's a I I love a good trick though. That, I mean right. that sounds trick like a secrets, you know a bar right. trick. Yes, there it is. Yes, Absolutely. I'm not a sophisticated beer drinker, but it's good to have a few rules of thumb in my pocket. So let's uh, bring it back out to the larger world. Why do you think enjoying beer would make other people's lives better or or make the world a better place? I genuinely feel like beer tends to bring people together. If I want to get to know a group of people like on a team building or just an individual person my go-to is let's go grab a beer and talk things out and usually bars and breweries are a great setting for that it relaxes you it's a great tasting usually and (laughs) it just feels right to have a beer in your hand sometimes so with that with those things in mind the there's certainly a social aspect, a relaxing component. Uh, it sounds like f- uh, for you, there's a lot of community in it because of all the different hands that go into making beer. Why would or how would the world be a better place if we were all enjoying beer? Well, I think a lot of people would chill out. That would help. Okay. Yeah. It's hard to not be relaxed while you're drinking a beer. It's kind of the indicator okay. that everything is going smoothly in my life. Okay. Okay. I know that may not be true for a lot of people, but I feel like that's what it should be. And that's what I hope that it will be for everybody. Is it an indication that the workday is over? That kind of thing? Well, not for me, because I usually drink during work. For my job. Was that a hard transition to make from beer being purely social to uh, to, um, drinking and tasting beer as a component of your workday? Surprisingly not. No, it was, uh, <laughs> it was really easy to just start drinking beer around my coworkers, especially when they just left it out and said, hey, we want you to try this. And there were also meetings that would show up on my calendar that said beer familiarity <laughs> training. Wow. So as a meeting during the day yes. would be include a beer tasting yes. for work. Yes, that is correct. Where we try to familiarize ourselves with a new brand or an established brand. I also have gone through two years of what's called sensory training, which is basically where for an hour every day or once a week or so, I'll go into a room with some other people and we will just drink beer and try to pick out uh, what's called off notes or uh, problems with the beer or try to scale the amount of a certain aspect of the beer like this one is more bitter than this one, and this one has a little bit more ethyl acetate than this one, and try to identify off notes completely blind. So I've, I had two years of training on that before I could even get onto what's called a taste panel. That is where they set out a bunch of the beer that we're producing and say, hey, drink this and tell us if it tastes good or not. As you describe it, it sounds fun mm-hmm. until then suddenly there are stakes to it. Oh, yeah, until suddenly you're saying we cannot send out this beer because it tastes like garbage. Yes, yes, absolutely. (laughs) It's still a little fun then. Sure. Yeah, until you're drinking the beer that tastes like garbage. And it does happen sometimes. We'll have problems beer here or there. 
Now, since we're officially not truly suggesting that everyone drink beer, I'd like to (laughs) ask a a question that's, I think, a little more suited to something everyone could do. Do you have advice for folks on how to, and you don't have to, if you don't, it's okay, but you, you turned a, you know, social passion into a career. That's awesome. Do you have advice for folks on that? Because I feel like that is something everyone should do. Oh, absolutely. Yes, everybody should do that. And I would say that the world would be a whole lot better place if people weren't doing things because it's a job. And I get it. Everybody's different. And some people are living for things outside of their work. And, and Absolutely. But if you, have... we don't, you don't have to. Exactly. Your, your passion and your job could absolutely be different. But for folks who wanted it to yes. be similar or, or cross paths like that. Yes. And I think if you're going to be at a place 40 hours a week, which is a quarter of the week every week, why not be doing something that gives you joy or you have a passion for? Yeah, I hope everybody finds something that they're truly passionate about. And there's everything, somebody's something. So there's always somebody (laughs) looking for some product or some service that everyone enjoys doing. Just go out there and do it. I love it. Just go out there and do it, folks. So um, tell me your title one more time. I am a pilot brewer at Miller Coors at the, the Miller Valley Brewery in Miller Coors, which is our little test facility in Miller Coors. I kind of lucked my way into this. So what? it wasn't something I was looking for, but I told myself going into my job, like if you really do enjoy this and you, you find something in this that pulls you away from public health, just go for it. So don't be afraid. If, you, if you're if you looking for an opportunity or anything and you find something that you think you can be passionate about or that you think you can really enjoy doing, just embrace that and roll with it. Well, excellent. Thank you so much, Sean, for sharing with us the <laughs> your passion for beer and making beer and enjoying beer and giving beer the credit that it deserves, I might say. I don't think I've ever been thanked for any of those things. So... <laughs> Okay. Well, you have with your paycheck. uh, That's true. That's true. (laughs) If folks wanted to reach out and discuss how best to enjoy beer with you, um, is there a place they can find you online? Oh, absolutely. And it's not just discussing beer. If you want to learn how to homebrew, I'm happy to talk to people about that. I love talking about, obviously, I love talking about beer. Also, if you can't find a beer that you enjoy, I would be happy to discuss that with you. And if I can't find a beer that you enjoy, then I'll be really happy because that means I have something I can take to marketing. This is a niche that has not been, there's an underserved population. <laughs> My Twitter is Dr. Zin, and that's D-R-Z-Y-N. That was what I secretly called myself when I was a radio DJ. I never said it out loud, but for some reason, I thought that would be a good thing. It was your secret radio DJ that was my name. Secret radio DJ name, yes. Because you were actually a DJ. I was. You just DJ. didn't tell anyone your DJ name. Yeah. Yeah. I also don't know that anybody ever heard me on the, the radio because I was mostly the 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. slot. True story. Yep. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, our misspent 20s. That's right. If you would like to get in touch with me, feel free to look for me on Twitter at SassyNerdMT 
or the show's Twitter at WAWA underscore pod. Please weigh in on topics, suggest new conversations. Um, we want to hear from you. And particularly if you've got something figured out, we, w- we would love to hear about it. Uh, one more time, a thank you to the Cage Club Podcast Network for allowing me to have this short series of conversations. You can find them at cageclub.me or on Twitter at cageclubpod. Thank you, Sean, for being here. Um, thank you, listeners. And come back next month for more Why Aren't We All? Thank you.